And as you're doing that, I just want to say how wonderful it was to have with us last week Brother Matt Yader. Um, I hope that you enjoyed that last Sunday. And uh, I, I just can't get enough of just talking with him and uh, just hearing all that, uh, all that he has learned uh, from a Jewish perspective. Him living there in Israel and studying under a rabbi uh, has certainly uh, enlightened me. And so I hope that was a blessing to you. I'm going to try. We're going to try. He said he's here for about one month and we're going to try to have him back. It might be on an off night, not on a Sunday. Um, he was at another church this weekend. Uh, but we are, uh, I just was so blessed by that that I want to try to have him back one more time. But, uh, I want, uh, today we are going to, uh, finish up this series. <coughs> Sorry, gonna have to. Bear with me, I have been fighting a cold this week and my voice is going out. So uh, we're, we're finishing a series this week on the book of Galatians. And we are in this series uh, for one reason. Uh, one reason is because next Sunday, very special Sunday here at New Life, it is our Bible Quiz Bowl. Amen. Do we have any Bible quizzers in here? There we go. I see some hands going up, some that are studying, and you are getting ready for this Bible quiz bowl. And this is for all ages. We have uh, all the way down to our, uh, I think our youngest this year, maybe six, seven years old, and up to the adults. We can, you can be a part in this Bible quizzing, and what a great time of the year, uh, especially beginning of the year, to get into the Word of God. And this year it is on the book of Galatians. And Ephesians as well. And uh, so that will be next week. But here today, we're going to finish up this series. We've been in this book of Galatians for the last several weeks. And the topic of Galatians is all about learning to live free. Learning to live with the freedom that comes through what Jesus accomplished on the cross. That we today have Freedom. He set us free when he died on the cross. He set us free. That when he went to that cross, he did, he is the one who took, he's the one who paid the price. The price that I owed. The price that you owed for, for your sins. That Jesus Christ, he took that upon himself and he Already paid the price. And so we talked about as we began. <coughs> well, Josh, I'm going to have to have you come up here and finish this today. Let me get this water real quick. <coughs> so we talked in our first first uh, Sunday in this series about two gospels, two ways to approach Jesus, two ways to approach uh, this faith walk that we are on. And one approach that, uh, that some, uh, some take is to try to earn their way to heaven. And if we're not careful, we can do the same thing. You say, well, I can't earn my way to heaven. I, I know that. But 
Yet we can tend to fall into that routine at times where it's as if we're checking off a box and it's, it's about just, just showing up at church and that's going to get me to heaven or opening my Bible and making sure I read enough uh, in order to get God's favor. And in order to, I need to make sure that I'm good enough and I'm doing things well enough on my own. And yes, Scripture, it certainly calls us to live a holy life and it's called us to uh, come out from among them and be separate from the world. And so there are things that are required of us, but it's not, it is not that we would earn the favor of God by what we do, but what he is really looking for is relationship. First and foremost, he is looking for relationship. And out of relationship comes everything else. Out of our love for him comes everything else. That Christ first loved me, and out of his love for me, he laid down his life for me. And from that, I, uh, I see that a God came down from glory. He robed himself in flesh to dwell among us, and he's the one who paid the price for my sins. And if that doesn't get you excited, or if that doesn't uh, cause you to express love back to him, then I don't know what will, because... To think that the God of all glory, the God of all creation, that he is the one who paid the price for me. That he's the one who did it. That that does something to me. That does something to me that I said, God, I can't walk away. God, I love you to the ends of the earth. (coughs) Well, let's go. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 6 is where we're going to start today. Galatians chapter 6. Paul, in wrapping up this letter that he wrote to the church there in Galatia, he says, but God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. He says, "God God forbid that I should glory, In other words, God forbid that I should think that all the things that I do are going to earn me my way to heaven. It's not about what I do. It's not about my goodness. It's about his goodness. It's about what it's about his grace and his mercy. That's that's what this is all about. That's what that's what my walk with him is all about. It's it's not dependent upon Upon me being good enough because I'm never going to be good enough. You are never going to be good enough. But when he laid down his life for you, he made it possible. He spanned the bridge that was impossible for you to span. (coughs) When sin entered into the world, when you were shaped in iniquity, when you were born into sin, there was no possible way for you to make it to heaven without the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Without the sacrifice that Jesus Christ did. And so you say, well, does that mean that I don't have to repent and I don't have to be baptized and I don't have to be filled with the Spirit? No, it doesn't mean that. But those, that is not you. Those are not works by which you gain His favor. That is you obeying His gospel message. That is that is you obeying what uh, what the Word of God tells us to do. It's a re- our response 
to him dying on the cross. It's our response to say, you died. And so let me be buried in baptism. God, let me repent of my sins and turn away from my sinful ways. God, would you fill me with your spirit, God, so that I could walk in the spirit and not go after the lust of the flesh. Those are not works that we do to to gain that. That is obedience to what God has, uh, God has called us to do in response to his salvation or his, his work that he did on the cross. It says, God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross. The cross is the one thing that we can look to to say, that right there is what gained me entrance into heaven. That right there, that's the only thing that I'm going to put glory in, is what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Because when he did that, it says, the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. When he did that, it shows me that I must also crucify my flesh, that I must be crucified unto the world. And the world be crucified to me that I need to separate myself the same as Jesus did when he went to the cross. I must do to the world. Then uh, we go, if if we bump back just one chapter in Galatians chapter 5. And it's, it's written here on your handout, but you can turn there if you want. It's in verse 13. It says, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty... For an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. When you were called unto liberty, we were, we were looking at this in this book of Galatians. It, it speaks on this topic of circumcision. And this is really what the entirety of the book is uh, is dealing with this matter of circumcision and and these Judaizers who had come into this church in Galatia behind Paul after he had left and they began to tell them that what Jesus accomplished for you on the cross wasn't enough. You guys need to be circumcised. You guys need to live under the Jewish traditions that we've always lived by. And they began to uh, bring this other gospel, this way of trying to do it on our own. Try, and, and what Paul, over and over and over, you see it throughout those, those chapters, what he's telling them is, you can't do this on your own. It's what Jesus did for you. But he says, through that, through that we understand that there is liberty. Through that we understand that we have been set free, that what Jesus did. But don't use that liberty. Don't use this liberty to say, okay, now I can sin. Don't use this as an occasion for the flesh. When, when we say that it's not what, it's, it's not, uh, earning your own salvation. You can't be good enough in order to make it to heaven. I'm not giving you liberty and the word of God is not giving you liberty to sin. It says, don't use this liberty for an occasion to the flesh to say, okay, whatever my flesh wants, I'm gonna get it. Whatever my flesh desires, I'm going to go after that because I can't be good enough anyways and God's grace is going to cover my sins. That's not the point of this. The point of this is that Jesus is the one who did it all. And so don't live in condemnation for yourself when you do fall and when you do make mistakes. But get back up and say, God, you have already given me everything it takes to be a conqueror and to be an overcomer. God, I don't want to live according to the flesh. In fact, 
when we begin to try to do it all on our own, what ends up taking place is that we think that we, that everything revolves around us. We begin to get this self-centered view in our walk with God. And I'm good enough. That I, I am, I am perfect and and there's there's nobody as good as me and and you can you can get this if you begin to try to do it yourself and and he says he says no we have been set free from that and in fact what you've been called to is to serve one another you've been set free in order to serve for all the law is fulfilled in one word even in this that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself he's He's even going back to, there's a, uh, Jesus, he, he said this commandment in John chapter 13, verse 34. Jesus said, there's a new commandment that I give to you, that you would love one another as I have loved you, that you also would love one another. The same way that Jesus would love them. He says, I want you to express love one towards another, that you have been called to serve one another. In fact, if we get back into Galatians chapter 6, he says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Lift each other up. In fact, what he is uh, getting into, if I can lay just a, a quick foundation of what he is addressing here in Galatians chapter 6. So he has, he has uh, warned them of these Judaizers, these people who are bringing in this other gospel for the first five chapters of Galatians. When in Galatians chapter 6, it begins... To talk about what, what happens if one of them begins to repent? What happens if one of them begins to turn back? How, what, how are we to deal with that? And he's, he instructs them. He says, I want you to receive them in love. I want you to, in verse 2, to bear one another's burdens. To lift up each other and, and to understand that somebody else is going through uh, going through some things, that person who's walking beside you, they are carrying some burdens. And if there is, uh, if there is a, an opportunity for you to come alongside them and to help them to bear the load that they are carrying, he says, I want you to go and to do it. This is the law of Christ. This is not the law of the Old Testament. The law of the Old Testament was to go and to live according to, or to, to do all of these, uh, these things, and it's, it's according to how, how good I am or how well I uh, abide by all the rules. But he says, no, this is the law of Christ, which is born out of love, anchored in love. The law of Christ is anchored in love. Everything that we do ought to be anchored in love. Everything that we do as the church ought to be anchored in love. The law of Christ is anchored in love. And so it is out of that anchor of love that we go and we help one another, that we serve one another, that we bear the burdens of one another. And this is why we come and we begin to try to make a difference because it's not about just me. I want I want the person across the room right now for me to make it to heaven just as much as I want myself to make it to heaven. I want my neighbor to make it to heaven just as much as I want to make it to heaven. Now, that's not to say I'm going to walk away from them or I'm going to walk away for, for anybody. 
And I'm not, I, I won't walk away from Jesus Christ for anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. But I want them to be in heaven rejoicing right alongside me. In fact, we were here last night for Saturday night prayer and I began to, or I, I asked a request of prayer because I have a new neighbor that uh, I ran into this week while I was shoveling the snow and we began talking and uh, just had a half hour conversation about how good God is. And I want to see God uh, continue to do a great work in Mr. Miller. And I want to see God do a great work in, in those neighbors of mine. I want to see God do a great work with our coworkers. I want to see God. Uh, I, I want to make a difference wherever I'm at. Wherever I am. Whatever my sphere of influence is. I want to make a difference. As we go back into Galatians chapter 6. Verse 10 it says that. As we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So he gives preference here somewhat. He says, I want us to do good unto all men. It is our duty to do good unto all men. That all men would see that that those who have been changed, transformed by the cross, that we would be a light to the world by Doing good unto all men. And if you have any opportunity, he says, I want you to live to make a difference. I want to challenge you to do the same today. Let's live to make a difference. Let's look for opportunities this week to make a difference in somebody else's life. I was, I was at general conference this, um, this past October. General Conference of the United Pentecostal Church, and uh, there was a, a minister that was uh, speaking, and he was talking about generosity, and it, he, he said, I'm trying to remember how far back he, he's been doing this, it's been, I believe, close to a decade or so, but he said he is, every single day, he gives something away. Every single day, he gives something away. Said it might be, it might be a ten dollar bill. It might be something that he just has there in his house that uh, you know, not, no, it's not junk. He's not trying to just give out junk to others, but he's trying to bless somebody. He's trying to live a life of generosity. And and but he said, my goal is not just about being generous. My goal is to make a difference. I want to make a difference in somebody's life. And he said what it had done for him was it, it, it changed his mindset when he began to give, when he began to be intentional about giving every single day. He was looking for that opportunity of how can I make a difference in somebody's life? How can I make, who, who is it today that I can make a difference in their life? Who can I go and, and God, I just want to be sensitive to you and, and, and I don't, I don't want to just, just give out of, uh, out of my routine, but God, I want to be sensitive to your voice. And if I need to give somebody a thousand dollars, then, then God, I'm going to give it by faith. But I don't want to just, I don't want to just give without you leading me. So he said, I want to make a difference. And what a, uh, what a great thing that would be for us to live every day intentionally to say, I want to make a difference. I want to leave this day making sure that somebody was impacted because they came in contact with me. See, each and every one of us, we have a sphere of influence. Now, 
uh, this sphere of influence for each and every one of us is different. But for many of us, you have a family, and I want to start it right there. That if you're going to love anybody, let's first love those who are closest to us. If you're going to bear anybody's burdens, let's make sure that we would bear the burdens of those who are closest to us. That's our immediate sphere of influence. Those who you might live with or those who are your closest friends and your your neighbors and, and those who are who are the closest to you. I, I want you to, to make sure that that's where you start to make a difference. Let's make a difference in their life. Let's try to make their life better because I, I have been changed. I've been redeemed. God, and so... Since you set me free, God, I want to display or I want to live out that law of Christ, which is rooted and anchored in love. And so in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God has distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. Now, we're not going to boast of the things that. That, that's because of what I am able to do. But God, you have placed uh, people within my reach. God, you have you have given me an opportunity to be able to uh, to to be able to reach out to others who are around me. God, you have given me people that that I can come in contact with every day, Lord. And I want to make a difference in their life, not because of what I did. It's not to boast about my, myself. It's not to make myself look better. But God, I want you to be glorified. God, I want you to be lifted up. That's what I'm looking forward to. I want Jesus Christ. I want him to get the glory. And let's see those who he has placed in our reach to be able to see Jesus Christ in us. In Acts chapter 17, verse 26, says, Hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth. And hath determined the times before appointing the bounds of their habitation. It doesn't matter who they are. We are all one blood. We are all one human race. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic status they have. It doesn't matter what race they are. It doesn't matter what, uh, what social groups they belong to. It doesn't matter who they are. I want us to have a love for everybody because that's what Jesus has called us to, to go beyond the boundaries that the world might define. No, the, the church that God has raised up is one church, one body. It's one nation. He says, you are one blood. He has determined us. To come and to dwell together, to be able to reach beyond, reach beyond any boundaries that this world may set, but let us go and to impact this world. As we continue, we want to go back to that, that scripture in Galatians 6 2, where it says, Bear one another's burden, so fulfill the law of Christ. Meaning somebody else's needs, lifting up the needs of somebody else and and uh, recognizing them and, and being able to, to help them. Sometimes this looks like going and, and physically helping a neighbor or, or somebody who is, is there. And, and remember, he did say um, so much the more. He said, do this especially for those who are within the body, the body of Christ. So especially those, he says, I want you to lift up one another's burdens. 
But we really get a glimpse of what this looks like in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is speaking here and he begins to tell about a, or tell this parable of the, this king who he said unto those in his right hand, he says, come ye blessed of my father inherit, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For when I was hungry, you gave me meat. When I was thirsty, you came and you gave me drink. That I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. And then shall the righteous answer him. They said, Lord, I never saw you hungry. I never came and fed you. When when you were thirsty, I, I never came and gave you a drink. And king, I, I, I never saw you as a stranger and took you in. I, I never saw you naked and clothed you. I never even saw you sick or in prison. I never visited you in any of those times. But the king, he answered unto them. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. When we understand that serving others equates to serving Christ. Serving the needs of others equates to serving the needs of Christ. That is what he's trying to, to get us to understand when he says, bear one another's burdens. He says, we can't let this be all about us. We can't get so wrapped up in our own selves that we don't see somebody else's burdens and try to lift them. That we don't at least attempt to come alongside somebody. And I understand you're not going to be able to help everybody. There's going to be those who are hurting. There's all, in fact, Jesus even said, there's always going to be the, uh, the hungry. There's always going to be the homeless. There's always going to be the poor. He says, they'll always be among us. So there's always going to be somebody that you can, uh, that, uh, that maybe you can reach and maybe you don't have the capacity to be able to reach them. Uh, but whoever is in your sphere of influence, whoever you have, whenever you have an opportunity to reach down into the needs of somebody else, he says, when you do that, you do that unto me. So out of love, out of this freedom that you have that is not about earning salvation, but rather about he already paid the price. And now he says, I just want you to abide in my love. And out of my love, I want you to love others. Because I loved you, I want you to have a love for others and bear one another's burdens, lift up somebody else. I want you to meet them in their place of need. I want you to see them and and just spend time with them. I want you to go and, and to help them in their, t- in their desperate uh, place that they are at, I want you to bear one another's burdens. And then lastly, he says, I want you to point them to Jesus and his church. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Point them to Jesus. Those who are within your sphere of influence, those who you come in contact with. As I said, let's start at your family. Let's start at those who are closest to you. Point them 
to Jesus. Point them to his church. Point them to a walk with God. Point them. It says, come and, and to, to understand that walking with Jesus is the best thing that they could ever do. We just sang the song here as we began this this morning. Falling in love with Jesus. It's the best thing I've ever done. It's the best thing that I have ever done in my life. The best choice that I ever made was to follow Jesus. I'm thankful that I had parents who raised me in church, but it still had to come a day when I made the decision for myself that I will follow Christ. And I've not regretted that one day of my life. I want to follow Christ. Because following Him is so much easier than trying to carry those yokes and those uh, heavy, uh, heavy bondages and heavy things that we that we carry on our own. He says, "Come and just bring it to me. Bring all your cares, bring all of your worries, bring all of that, and bring it to me. Lay it at my feet." He says, "I will give you rest." In Psalm chapter ninety-two, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord, he is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. That those that verse, look, especially verse 13, that those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. When you're planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of God. And your life will be the best it's ever been when you plant yourself in the church. When you plant yourself in the church, that will be the best life that you could ever live. When you plant yourself in the house of the Lord, you're going to begin to see other areas of your life that will flourish. You're going to begin to see the fruit that's going to come of that. You see, there's different kinds of fruit that you can produce. You can produce the fruit that comes from the flesh, the works of the flesh, or you can produce the works that come from the Spirit. In fact, if you want, I, I didn't give these scriptures to you, um, Back there, but if you want to go in Galatians chapter 5, it speaks about those different fruits. Let me get there real quick. Galatians chapter 5, it speaks on the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit. It says in verse number 13, it says that the brethren ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love, serve one another, for all the laws fulfilled in one word. Even in this, that thou shalt love the na- thy neighbor as thyself. It says, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one, one of another. This I say then, this is the fruits. Verse 16. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other. That you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. The works of the flesh. So these are the things. If you will just continue in your, uh, of your own self and walking after the flesh, this is what it's going to lead to. You're going to see adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, 
idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. And you say, well, I don't know about that. I'm not one that's ever practiced witchcraft or practiced idolatry or practiced uh, practice any kind of, uh, you know, I've never been a murderer. I've never, uh, never been like that. It's, it's not who I am, but, but with Jesus, he, he or Paul here, he, he lumps them all together. He says, all of these are the works of the flesh. All of these things here, if you, if you just continue trying to do this on your own, these are the works of the flesh. This is the fruit that you're going to get. But when you plant yourself in the house of God, When you plant yourself in the house of the Lord, he says you're going to flourish. And it's not going to be the works of the flesh that are going to flourish. But instead, if you keep on going, he says the fruit of the Spirit, this is what will flourish when you plant yourself in Jesus. This is what's going to flourish when you plant yourself in the church. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. He says, those are the works of the Spirit. That is what's going to begin to flourish in you when you plant yourself in Jesus Christ. When you abide in Him, you're going to see the works of the Spirit begin to manifest in your life. And he says, against these things, there is no law. Nobody would want to tell you to stop stop producing the works of the Spirit. I want, I want to produce love. I want love to be the byproduct of the way that I live my life. I want to love others. I, I want there to be joy in my life. I don't want to walk around with a frown on my face, snarling at everybody. That's not the kind of Christianity that I want. But that's the kind of Christianity that just trying to live by all the rules without relationship can produce. It can become an, a, a not joyful experience. You are not joyful at all. But when you begin to, to live for Him out of love, there is a joy everlasting. There is joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable. When you plant yourself in Jesus Christ, you see the peace of God in your life. If there's anybody in here who says, I just need peace. I need my mind to be able to lay down and at night, God, on a pillow, be able just to fall asleep. But, but God, I've been dealing with all these things and I, I just can't find peace. He says, plant yourself in me and the result of that will be peace. Put your trust in me. Put your faith in me. Plant yourself in Jesus Christ and you will see the byproduct of peace. You'll see goodness. You'll see faith. You'll see meekness where it's not about me, but it's about him. And you'll see temperance where it's saying that I am, I am not chasing after all the things that, uh, that this world would, would want me to chase after, but, but I'm just going to chase after what God has called me to. It says, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. And so if you live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be de- desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. That was Galatians 5. As we finish up here, I want to go into Galatians 
chapter 6, verses 8 and 9. It says, He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap, ever, reap life everlasting. So let us not be weary in well-doing, for in the season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't be weary in well-doing. Now, the title of our, our message today, this, this uh, last part of Galatians, is the freedom in bearing burdens. And we talked there a lot about bearing one another's burdens. There's freedom in bearing somebody else's burdens. There's freedom because you're doing it out of the love of Christ. You, you begin to see that there is freedom in, in lifting somebody else up and helping somebody else in their time of need. But there's also some burdens that we are to bear. Christ, He's already the one who set us free from sin, but let us bear the burden of our own cross. As Paul would say elsewhere, let's take up your cross daily. Take up your cross daily. Here, here He said, don't sow to your flesh, because when you do that, you're going to reap corruption. Take up the cross. Find a place of repentance every day. <coughs> Find a place where you would come to, come to Christ in, in a time of prayer and say, God, I don't want to follow after my, my flesh, but God, I want to be led of the Spirit today. God, I don't want to desire the things that my flesh would desire, but God, I want to desire the things of the Spirit. This is bearing your own burdens. This is carrying your own cross. It's, it's coming and, and denying your flesh. It's saying, sow to the Spirit. And when you do that, you will reap life everlasting. That in the Spirit, you will reap life everlasting. And then, don't be weary in well-doing. Keep on keeping on. Keep on living this life for God. Keep on, keep on worshiping Christ in the middle of your battle. Keep on coming to church in the, in, even when everything in, in your life seems like it's turned upside down. Keep yourself planted in the church. Keep yourself planted in Jesus Christ. Keep serving somebody else even when you yourself are in a place where you say, I could use some help. Find somebody else even in that time that you can begin to help them. Make a difference in somebody else's life. Keep on living this life that is a life that's been changed by Jesus Christ. See, a disciple is somebody who has allowed Jesus to change what they care about to match and reflect his kingdom values. And I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That when he came and he saved me, that it changed my outlook on life. It changed my outlook on, on, on serving others. It changed my outlook on my sphere of influence. I, I, I can't be insular. I can't be just me and nobody else. No, I must make a difference. I must make a difference. I must bear somebody else's burdens. And I must even myself begin to lift up my own burdens to Christ. And say, God, I need your help. But Lord, I want to hang up my flesh Right there on the cross. And I want you, God, to teach me and then to help me to live by the Spirit today. There's freedom in walking by the Spirit. There's freedom in taking up your cross. If we could have, if we could have the, our, our musicians come. And I just want us today, as we finish out this series, just to express in our, our love 
that express out of the, the love that's in our hearts, the, the love and this understanding of what he did for us, what he did on the cross, that God, let me make a difference in somebody else's life. God, if you made a difference in my life, God, then let me make a difference in somebody else's life. Let me point them to you. Let me point them to a place where they could be changed forever. God, help me to live every day for you. God, let me do this every single day. God, I want to choose freedom every day. God, I want to choose freedom every day. I want to sow to the Spirit. I don't want to sow to the flesh. God, let me live free today and every day thereafter. If you want that for your own life, would you just slip up a hand in the air? Say, God, help me right now. God, let me me today, Lord, to, to forgive those, God, who they may have hurt me and wronged me in, in some capacity. Lord, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to hold that over them, but God, I want to, I want to forgive them today, Lord, and I want to begin to serve others. God, I want to serve even those, God, who they've hurt me. God, I, I, I want to bring others to you. God, help me today, Lord, that I would, I would be a light to the world. That I would make a difference wherever I go. Jesus, I love you. I love you, Lord. Freedom reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace falling on every face. 